Welcome to the Simplify Jesus podcast. I'm Bill Allen, and this is Matt Gunter, and we are breaking barriers through communication. Welcome to the Halloween episode of Simplify Jesus. We understand that uh, those two words, Jesus and Halloween, probably don't go that well together for some people, for for most people. people. Mm -hmm. But um, promise you, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Um, we, we know that there is, uh, there are a lot of people out there that don't believe that Halloween should be celebrated. Um, so we're going to, we're going to state that right up front. We also know that there's, we think, uh, there's nothing wrong with having a little fun, dressing up, trick-or-treating, that kind of thing. Yeah. As long as your heart's in the right spot, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so we're going to have a little fun with Halloween today. Um, but if you feel differently, that's okay too. We wanted to give you that heads up so you have the opportunity to uh, to shut it down uh, and now, or um, you know, throw uh, throw rotten eggs at us, or you know, whatever <laughs> it is you want to do. But um, we don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody that might have those convictions. Uh, so uh, we certainly don't want to offend anybody. We are going to be making some Halloween remarks throughout this episode. Yeah. But also. Please note that uh, this episode is also based on science and uh, religion uh, as a whole, not necessarily uh, ghosts and demons, and and uh, which you know has its place when talking about Jesus, really, but not today. Yeah, not not, not for today's episode. <laughs> um, so, Matt, I want to ask you a question. What um, what kind of Halloween stories do you have growing up? Oh man, so I remember as a kid, my favorite part of Halloween was going to the fall festivals uh, at churches, and we would go, and there would always be these. Um, like a water balloon fight or, or shaving cream fight. We had those several times. There'd be the hay ride, lots of candy, trunk or treat kind of stuff, all of that. But when I think about Halloween, it's a little bit of, of uh, a self-deprecating story here, I guess. So when I think about <laughs> Halloween, there's one picture that comes up, and we'll have to put it up on our Facebook page. Maybe we can put up our, our Halloween costumes from years past, but oh, I hadn't seen it in years until... Um, my wedding the rehearsal dinner and uh all of a sudden pops up on the screen there's me in this sonic the hedgehog i mean full costume it was oh. it's, it's one of those that like i look back it's like i was i had to be like five or six years old like <laughs> what was i thinking oh i can't wait to see that oh yeah it's gonna be great but yeah when i think about <laughs> halloween i love the fall festivals but that that particular costume is the one that always comes to mind so we always did haunted houses and stuff like that growing up. Of mm. course, uh, you know we didn't have the the Halloween convictions at all. It was uh, mm. uh, you know it was a field day out there for yeah. us, and, and yeah. the the scarier the better, I think, with my family <laughs> and uh, the people we hung out with. We had a lot of fun as kids, uh, trick or treating and uh, block party type stuff um, mm-hmm. in in, uh, in in one form or another. Um, but again, it was all about scaring the kids. It was the the wicked witch uh, following us down the road, uh, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and popping out here and there, and <laughs> and uh, uh, the mummy that wouldn't let us out of the house. Um, so they were circling the house, and uh, you know those were those were fun times. Um, but um, some of the some of the things that we're going to talk about today are back to our busting myths. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, what's the one we're going to talk about today? Today we are busting the myth that you can't have God and science, that, that those two things can't coexist. So some things that we've been hearing, and I've heard these over the years, Bill, I'm sure you have too, that uh, proving phenomena with science disproves the miracles of the Bible, that just because we can 
talk about how something happened scientifically, that it means that it really wasn't a miracle and that God wasn't involved in it. Uh, if we can explain how things work, it diminishes the claim that God must exist. I hear it all the time. If we can, if we can explain something, then then God's not in it. there again. And that science and the Bible have different explanations for a lot of things, and we can prove science so that disproves the Bible. Um, so that's some of the stuff that we're hearing, and there's uh, those are the myths that we're busting today. Sure, it seems like uh, you know you have tangible evidence for science, but people think you don't have tangible evidence for for God. Um, yeah. You know, we all like to be able to prove things and and know how things work. I know mm-hmm. I used to love taking things apart just to see how they work. Sure. You know, I probably couldn't get them back together, but I love taking <laughs> them apart. Um, you know, just because science proves how things work or gives us theories for how things happen, that doesn't mean God isn't real. Yeah. There are plenty of things that science is proving today that we never understood, and plenty of things that science hasn't yet proven that there's any explanation other than God. So a little bit of a disclaimer for today's episode. Um, We are going to be talking about some other people's research and some theories about how the world works from a scientific point of view and from a Christian perspective. Um, We don't necessarily prescribe to all of these scientific theories that we're going to be talking about, but the point and the goal of this episode is to prove that God and science can coexist. So one of the big ones is uh, the theory of evolution and uh, go back to Darwin and his studies and how he started finding these trends through as Christians uh, going back to Genesis, we believe in the garden of Eden that uh, God created the heavens and the earth and they separated the water from the land and they created all the animals then all the humans and that, that he did it in in the sequential order. This has been one of the major sticking points between science and religion and and people who are in the scientific community often use this to point out that, you know, well, this God of the Bible, we can prove that that's not how things came about, that that there's a lot more proof of evolution than there is of the Garden of Eden Genesis creation theory. The evolution theory kind of has a a soft spot. right here right here in my feel goods uh, <laughs> when i was in high school i remember uh you know i've told the story of a friend of mine who who whose family was a christian family and um i wasn't at the time and didn't didn't know anything about it but i will say it was uh used for my benefit uh, um, a couple of times but this one in particular was because of evolution uh, we were studying it in biology class and i got to uh skip biology class because mm-hmm. he brought a note from home says I'm a Christian. I don't believe in evolution, so we're not going to be studying that. And I said, ooh, I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds nice. So I went home and said, hey, mom, can I have a note that says that we don't believe in evolution? (laughs) She said, okay. So I got a note that said I didn't have to study evolution, and I got to see. And and I got to sit out and do whatever I want for an hour. Well, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Um, So the funny thing about this is that there's actually a theory out there and some guys that have looked into this that have said that there is a possibility you could make the claim that evolution and the Garden of Eden both happened, that they don't necessarily have to be separate from each other. Now, like we said before, we're not scientists. We're not people who really have, number one, we don't have the qualifications to dive into this stuff. No. Um, But we haven't dived into this stuff, dove into this stuff. Dived in. Dive? Divin? I don't know. Divin? We haven't, we haven't <laughs> divin into this stuff. Um, my dad's so, so proud right now, uh, the English teacher. Um, but 
but we haven't looked at this stuff on a deep level. And so, so we're not, we're not claiming that this is true or anything like that, but just the fact that somebody could go in and make this kind of claim proves that even at one of the most divisive issues of creation versus evolution, that you can have God and science that both, both sides of the equation can coexist. I think if we try to say that there is no way evolution could be possible because we believe in God Mm -hmm. limits God. Yep. Because how do we know exactly how he created the earth? Right. And the heavens and everything else around us. Um, We, he might've said, here's a little dust particle and it's going to form into a human next year. You know, who knows? We can't, Mm -hmm. we, that's, that's absolutely putting a limit on God. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. And so, so don't take our word for it. Go, go check it out. Go look into it. But, but the point is that you can have both that, that God and science can coexist. So, you know, another interesting thing is, is the miracles. This is something I've seen more recently on some TV shows and that kind of stuff that people trying to explain how miracles happened. And there's some really interesting ones like the, the parting of the Red Sea and some of that that we'll be able to dive into so starting assumption is that we believe that the miracles in the Bible actually happened. Uh, if you're curious about that, um, go back to season two, episode 10, last week's episode, and you'll see more evidence that the Bible is true um, and, why, and why we can stand, that, stand on that pretty firmly. So with that basis, um, science has been trying to prove how these miracles happened, but does that necessarily mean that God wasn't in the middle of it? Not at all. By the way, was that a uh, swimming pun? Diving into the Red Sea theory? Was that... <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so the question is, you know, with with the parting of the Red Sea, did Moses just wait at the right time to cross when the tide was low? Mm-hmm. Mm, did he, uh, you know, did God direct him to be there at the right time? Was there a right time? Yeah. Um, did he slam his staff on the ground and raise his hands and, the sea parted. I don't know. I think the only people that would probably know are the people that were there. Yep. Because it doesn't give great detail about it in the Bible um, other than it happened. Right. It just doesn't say how it happened. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's that that's not necessarily anything that we need to know the details in. But the fact that it did happen, uh, like you said, has been shown, of course. All right. So I'm going to throw this out there. Can we believe everything we see on TV? No, definitely not. Nope. Especially not today. Please don't. But <laughs> but there are people out there trying to prove this stuff. Yeah. Um and show that it could have happened mm-hmm. the way it said in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um but of course, like I said, they can't tell exactly how it happened either. No. No. But there are chariots in the bottom of the Red Sea. There are all kinds of things in the bottom of the Red mm-hmm. Sea that could prove towards uh towards that being accurate. That at a minimum, the story is true. Exactly. Yeah. At at least at a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, was it that the tides were low and they crossed and the tides were high when the Egyptian army came after them? That's a possibility. Yeah. Is it completely possible that Moses raised up his hand and this Red Sea parted and they crossed and when they got over, it came crashing down? Absolutely. Don't limit God. Whichever explanation is true is really a moot point because... God worked through it either way. He right. got Moses and the Israelites across and Pharaoh's army was at the bottom of the Red Sea. Yeah. 
That's and, what matters. And that story is in uh, Exodus 14, if you want to go check that out and see what we're talking about, if you don't already know what that one is about. Yeah. But whatever whatever happened, God's in the middle of it somehow. That's right. Um, raising people from the dead and healing people. <laughs> and no, we're not talking about Dr. Frankenstein this time. Uh, or the zombie apocalypse, thank goodness. We're yeah. not going to have the walking dead reincarnate here. Um, but there are at least three stories in the Bible of people being raised from the dead and countless other stories of healings, uh, especially during Jesus' time during the New Testament. But there's really no scientific explanation for how these things happen. So for the three that were raised from the dead, you have in the Old Testament, the very first one was Elijah raised a widow's son from the dead uh, in 1 Kings 17. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11. And of course, Jesus himself uh, died on the cross and rose and walked walked the earth again for uh, a little while and was seen by 500 plus people and all that good stuff throughout the Gospels and in the book of Acts. So... We don't, I don't know of any way in today's world that we can raise somebody back from the dead. If, if that's out there, that's news to me. Back then, they didn't have near the technology or the resources that we do, but it happened. It's written, it's documented multiple places. It's been proven that the Bible is true and that these stories are true. So if we can't make it happen today, you can't really scientifically explain that stuff away. What's your explanation? Well, and let's look at it, though, from even today's perspective. Let's say we could. Hmm. You know, God God gives people wisdom all the time. Sure. And people need to have wisdom to be able to cre- create these um, techniques and, and uh, instruments and, you know, all these tools to, to be able to do these things. So, you know, uh, even if... Even if we could do it today, which we can't, that I know of, uh, uh, along with you, Matt, but mm-hmm. uh, um, even if we could, I, I would argue that God's in that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the miracle of medicine today. Mm-hmm. It's, yes, we can scientifically say that if you mix these things together and take this little pill twice a day, that you're going to feel a whole lot better. But that's a miracle in and of itself. Like, yes, sure. we can scientifically prove it, but somebody somehow miraculously came up with this idea to put this stuff together to make Tylenol to help knock your fever out or yeah. whatever. Or it, it's, it doesn't mean just because we can do something doesn't mean that God's not in the middle of it. Right. Right. All right, y'all. Hang on. Here's our ghost story portion of the episode. So got your marshmallows and campfire roaring and uh, uh, watch out from behind that bush. Um, So, (laughs) all right, bringing it back to the Bible. Matthew 14, 25 through 27 says, And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. So I've seen magicians do this with glass plates uh, just beneath the surface of the water, Hmm. um, you know, creating the image that they're walking on water. Right. right. Um, But there is no scientific explanation as to how Jesus could have done this. So you know, I mean, you would have to say it must be a God thing. In fact, mm-hmm. when, when, who was it? Simon Peter, right? Walked out to mm-hmm. him. Um, he trusted him completely as he was walking out to him. Um, but then when he doubted for a second, he fell into the water. Yeah. Um, and Jesus 
put his hand down and, and, and pulled him up out of the water. Mm-hmm. But even Simon Peter walked on the water for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that, uh, you know, we know he was just human. He mm-hmm. was, uh, he was not, uh, claiming to be anything different than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like that's God, but, uh, again, people thought he was a ghost. People thought he was a spirit and Jesus said, don't be afraid. Yeah. It's just me. Yeah, we, we've been calling ourselves Mythbusters this season. <laughs> um, this was actually one of the more interesting episodes of the show Mythbusters that I remember seeing of them seeing like how big of a water shoe he would have needed to be able to walk on the surface of the water. I, I don't think they one. ever actually did it. But yeah, just, just more proof that they didn't have shoes that big back then to be able to walk on the water. Still don't have the technology today to do it. No, apparently. still hadn't figured that out. <laughs> so our perspective is that if anything, the more science explains about the world around us, the more it proves that God designed all of this for us. You just think about all of the things that had to be just right for human life, that gravity is just right to keep everything where it is on earth while not crushing us so that we don't have rocks coming, flying off the top of mountaintops because gravity's too low and nothing's crushing down over the top of us like the roof over our heads. We're in the perfect spot in our solar system at the perfect angle on the perfect axis at the perfect distance from the sun. Even though some days in Texas, it's pretty stinking hot uh, (laughs) um, to allow for life to be sustained on earth. Couldn't do it anywhere else in our whole solar system relative to the sun. We're in the perfect spot. The atmosphere around us gives us oxygen we need to keep our bodies going. There's so many things we go on and on, but the point is this. Science does not disprove God's existence just because we can explain that things fall to the ground because of gravity or that the atmosphere has the oxygen we need to breathe doesn't mean that God didn't put it there and create it for us. If anything, what we see is that that further proves that God is here, that he designed it for us, that there had to be intelligent design involved because how else would you end up with this? You know, I don't want to, uh, again, try to limit God uh, by saying this, but before we jumped on uh, this recording, Matt and I were talking about um, business processes. Oh, yeah. And uh, it just brings to mind, it makes me think of, of God creating everything. And, uh, and okay, he set it all in motion. And then he said, okay, I need the sun and the moon to work this way mm-hmm. so that the tides do this Mm -hmm. and that the oxygen levels stay at this and that the temperatures stay at this and we're going to create ice in the north pole and the south pole and Mm -hmm. it's going to balance everything out and then on the seventh day god rested after he got all these processes in place Mm -hmm. and said it's finished i'm done i'm good yeah it's good and now it's just going to run smoothly and i'm going to keep my finger on everything and make it sure it stays that Mm way i think that's an interesting correlation yeah, that is an interesting correlation. I hadn't thought about it. And you even look at the order that he did things. He created the heavens and the earth. So you have the form and then he split out land and water so that you've got a place for stuff. And then you jump into, he does plants first, which sustain mm-hmm. life for the animals he's about to create, which sustain life. Yeah. And the oxygen levels, right. And then all of that sustains life for the humans that are coming in after it. That is interesting. Mm. I have never thought about it that way. Yeah. Challenging. <laughs> Learning something new every day. You know, sometimes Jesus. God just gets wisdom. He just slams it down on me. I don't know. And then what <laughs> he tells us, I don't know. But <laughs> So we're going to go ahead and jump into our favorite part of the podcast. Cue the celebration music. It's time for the outside looking inside looking out. So thinking about those processes and, and, and things like that. 
Um, as a kid, I remember laying on the hood of my mom's car, uh, looking up at the stars and, and I remember times where I was hoping and praying that, uh, God was real. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Um, back then I, I wasn't in the best places, uh, I mean, physically, emotionally, or any other Ali. Um, <laughs> but you know, I look back on that now and I think, how could I have looked at the countless stars and wonder if there was a God mm-hmm. instead? It seems looking back, I can say it, it, it seems like I should have been, uh, I, I should have been able to easily see God's work, um, mm-hmm. in just the stars. I mean, I, I, I say just the stars. That's, you know, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but you know, even now as an adult, I can't look at the stars or even the ocean for that matter. And, and really think about and really see God's work. I, mm. I just don't, I don't do it. Um, mm. It's too big. It's too, too big for me to fathom, I guess, the vastness of his creation. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm blessed to live in the hill country in Texas where mm. we have beautiful rolling hills everywhere around us. Um, our home is nestled in kind of a valley of, of hills, and I get to drive through them every morning. Hmm. But I can look at that cliffside, and I can say, okay, there I see God. When I see a hawk flying lower than the top of the hill, or I see the fog, or yeah. the, the clouds low, um, there I see God. I see his peace. I see, um, I can easily see his creation and all that. Hmm. It's, it's a little bit more smaller. It's a little more manageable. Yeah than what the stars and the ocean are. So um, I'm able to just thank God for everything that he has created and be able to see how he works through everything hmm. when I when I look at stuff like that. Yeah. Um, as a Christian that wasn't for the majority of my life, I can look back on my life and see how God has orchestrated everything. Hmm. For my good, as Romans 8, 28 says, for the right. good of those who loved him and are called according to his purpose. Um, so it's it's hard for me to to not be able to say or it's hard for me to be able to say that God can't be in science. Yeah. He can't be in everything. There's no way you can't see him in everything. Right. And from the inside looking out just kind of getting straight to it, God and science can both be true and the more I learn about science the more that I see God in the middle of it, you look at so many things that had to be just right, had to come along perfectly for not only for us to sustain life and just, just live, but to have the things that we have to be able to develop the way society has developed over time um, with you know different materials and different processes and different things and you just it's hard to fathom things just happening the way that they have and for things to just be the way they have and so I'm going to challenge you if you are listening to this and you're like yeah but science can explain everything you're talking about science has an explanation for it to really think about to take it back to its root and say, okay, but what started that? How did this happen? How did that happen? How did we discover these things even? God and science not only can coexist, they do coexist because God essentially created science. He created the science of the universe that we live in. 
it's almost like he left little breadcrumbs all around for us to discover new things. And every time we discover something new, it's like, oh, hey, what a great idea, God. Um, <laughs> that's the perspective I try to have. And because like you said, when you try to think about it in the big vastness that is the ocean that's full of everything or the sky that's, that's full of stars at night, it's too big. You, you can't take it all in. But like I said, it's like, it's like he's leaving little breadcrumbs around. So I encourage you to think about it that way, um, to approach it that way. And you know, just to kind of bring it to a close, the, the reason that we do this is because he did leave breadcrumbs. He left really big breadcrumb for us and yeah. the life of Christ um, that pointed straight back to him. You, you look through the Bible, the Old Testament pointed to him. The New Testament is all about him. Um, that was the ultimate show of God's love for us, which is why he gave us everything that we have here. Why we have the science and the creation that we have because he loves us. His ultimate show of love was Christ came and he died for us. And the reason he did that is so that we could have a right relationship with God. And uh, Romans 10, 9 explains how we do that perfectly. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can have eternal life that simply you believe Jesus was the son of God, that he died and was raised from the dead. And then you confess him as Lord, that you, that you put it out there that, Hey, I'm giving control over to God. Then you're going to be saved. You're going to have that right relationship with God and you're going to have your, your spot reserved in heaven, so to speak. Um, and so I encourage you to, uh, to dive into that. If you have questions about it, um, go talk to a local church or local, uh, some friends who are Christians, um, local pastor, whoever it may be, shoot us a note, info at simplifyjesus.com. We would love to hear from you um, and, and give you some resources to help you out with that journey. But but the, the important thing is it really is that simple. Yes, it is. And Matt, I'm glad I brought the engineer on board to help me talk about this because I wouldn't have known most of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> neat, none, none of this sciencey stuff. Uh, one of the posts that uh, we put out the other day, um, you had done that one, and you had asked what uh, what your favorite subject was, mm-hmm. and you you your response was uh, was math. Your yeah. nerdy self loved the math, and and uh, mine was actually science and mm. and uh, English. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the dove divin dived <laughs> comment. Uh, yeah, I could uh, I get I get where your dad's coming from on that, but. Um, <laughs> I, I have loved being able to discuss science and God in the same breath without having to feel like I have to choose between the two. Yeah. That's, that's really cool to be able to do that and to see mm-hmm. him in everything. Absolutely. So thank you all, as always, for listening. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this special Halloween episode of Simplify Jesus. And I uh, hope you uh, were able to, to get through it all the way without being too scared. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> Now, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Uh, check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. If you have any issues finding any of those, be sure to go to our website at simplifyjesus.com, and they will, uh, that will point you in the right direction. Uh, but for now, we do wish you guys a happy Halloween. Look forward to talking with you next week. Yep, everybody have a great week. <laughs>